some things shouldn't be transparent, like stop signs. But what you pay for should always be clear, like Hiller's true transparency pricing, always clearly itemized and never any hidden fees. Because you have the right to know what you're paying for. For more information, visit happyhiller.com slash true transparency pricing. Happy you'll be of the services free. Call the Happy Face Truck today. Behind the glass, you'll be the gatekeeper if you want to chat with me. And as always, I'm blessed beyond measure, all reasonable and otherwise. Hope you recognize that you are as well. Hope this finds you and yours doing as well as you possibly can be right now. So there are benefits at times to my slot here on the zone, and then other times it takes me some time to be able to react to things. And so I have to find a way around that with football season here. There's a whole lot of things that I want to say, and as humbly as I can say this, some of you want to hear my take on college football and pro football. And so – The answer to that is, with Mondays and Tuesdays being covered up with Titans material throughout the football season, it means I won't get to comment until Wednesday on the events of the weekend. How are we going to fix that? The answer is, one, I'm on Fox Sports Radio on Sunday mornings nationally, and you can hear all three hours of that show here on The Zone, two to four live, and then six to seven, you'll hear the third hour before Squared Circle Radio. But the other answer is a new podcast. And I mentioned earlier on Twitter at jmartzone that I would have some information, one that I went ahead and launched, which is I asked Brad Willis, a program director here, lucky enough to be able to call him a friend as well, to join me permanently on the Pop 6, the Pop Culture Podcast. You know, he and I did a month on Friends, and we did the Marvel cast together and things like that. And our tastes are similar in that vein. And I just... I thought it would be fun and better for the show to do that, and he was all for it. So he's definitely going to be a part of that. And we have some pretty cool plans, including next week, Stranger Things 3. I did that, like, 45-minute deal that you may have heard on The Zone one Friday over the holidays uh, a month, month and a half ago, whenever. And we didn't talk about 3 really at all. But here we're going to go into great detail and spoil everything and that whole deal because if you haven't seen it now, then you probably aren't going to be listening at that point. But – That's one thing. The second thing is the quick six. That will not start until the Sunday NFL season begins, like not that Thursday night, but that first Sunday, that night or early Monday morning will be when that starts. And that's going to be somewhere between 10 and 20 minutes. Instant reaction from me on all of the events of the weekend, college football and pro football rankings, the important games, takeaways, injuries, news, everything like that. I'm going to get all that stuff out, and it's going to be a podcast that you can consume on Mondays. Since you won't be able to hear me until Wednesday, I'm going to be able to comment instantly on what's going on. And that's also going to give me a possibility to potentially talk about WWE pay-per-views and AEW and things of that nature as they're happening as well. So I want to be able to react instantly and in a different way. And so that's the way we're going to do it. We're going to do it through the quick six. So I'll get you uh, information on how you can subscribe to that again. I'm going to be out of town this weekend in Philadelphia. But next week, we will begin that. And then, of course, a couple weeks after, there will be a week where you will not hear from me. Actually, probably two weeks you will not hear from me as one Sunday I'll be getting married. And then the next Sunday, 
I will still be on the honeymoon. So those will not be days in which I will have much to say about football. But that's all still to come. And there will be some other things that you'll be hearing from me coming up as well. But because today's the first show I've had, unless you listened Sunday morning to the Jason Martin Show on Fox Sports Radio, you didn't hear me talk about Andrew Luck. And that's all I talked about for three hours. I took phone calls from a lot of folks in Indy, a couple that were at that game, and reacted to one of the biggest and most surprising sports stories that we have seen in a while. And I asked the question on Twitter that night at Jmart Zone, what else hits this level of surprise and shock? Because it happened right there in the third quarter of the Florida-Miami game, which was a dreadful but still entertaining game for all the wrong reasons, really, in terms of it not being particularly played well. But it worked to the advantage, I think, just because college football is so unpredictable. And these are younger guys that make more mistakes, make impulsive decisions and things of that nature. But it broke, and I started to think, well, what else is out there? Well, there's definitely Buster Douglas knocking out Mike Tyson. I think there's probably Tiger Woods problems in 2009. Then there's a lot of really catastrophic stuff like O.J. Simpson and Aaron Hernandez and things like that. I was kind of excluding those things, but the list is not very long. Maybe we should have seen this coming, but Andrew Luck's retirement, the first thing that I thought when I saw that news, after it took me five or ten minutes to believe it was real, I was one of the first people, I think at least, that I follow or that are part of my timeline that actually retweeted that information. A lot of the colleagues here at The Zone hadn't done it yet. They they did it after me. And I think that that was just because, one, they might not have been on Twitter at the moment, and two, none of us, we were all waiting for the other shoe to drop that it was a hoax. When Adam Schefter made the tweet, I immediately went there to make sure it wasn't a darn Schefter or some fake name. I didn't even buy into the verification check mark at first and thought maybe somebody had put that on there. But when I saw that if this is a fake account, it's the greatest fake account ever because it's got 7.3 million followers, all of a sudden my reaction changed to, okay, so who hacked Adam Schefter? Still didn't believe it. That's what fake news and the propaganda and all of this stuff has done is make us distrust every source and think twice because we don't want egg on our face because we've all been snookered. We've all been, you know, we've all seen these fake accounts and bought into it and ended up having to say, Oh, well, that wasn't what we thought it was. I remember the Fox, we get a news update. All of us that work for Fox sports radio on that national on, on the national programming. We get emails like four or five times a day with all of these sports updates from the anchors that read those each hour. So we get like all the baseball scores and everything that's going on and all the speculation and things like that. And even they have had to send like retractions and say, okay, that's actually not true. So I think the first thing was the sheer level of skepticism surrounding this story that shows just how far off the beaten path we are when we can't trust anybody except maybe ourselves. But as it relates to Andrew Luck, once you figure out, okay, it's real, and you see the Chiron at the bottom of the screen of the college football game saying Andrew Luck is going to retire, then the first thought was, well, that's sad because Andrew Luck is a lot of fun to watch. I know Titans fans aren't going to be sad to see him go in terms of having to deal with him, seeing as how they never beat him. But he was great for the league, and... It does, to me, feel like we lost someone very, very great 
that was not overrated as some hot take artists decided to do. And that was my other takeaway was, oh boy, are there going to be some bad Andrew Luck takes? I saw Richard Deitch of The Athletic and others say similar things, but it was in my head already. Okay, so who's going to say he's weak and he's soft? And it was usual culprits that wanted to make themselves the story and not actually think with any level of nuance or give it time to breathe or even understand half of the story. And look, because I had to comment on it, then people, of course, came at me and said all sorts of things that were not particularly well-informed either. Some that the fans had the right to boo Andrew Luck because they're the fans and he's nothing without them and there's no sports without fans and Boy, everybody is really self-important these days. I understand that sports wouldn't exist if people weren't buying tickets. But in that moment, you kind of have to think of something a little bit larger than that. The fans that booed him in the stands that night, I took a phone call on Sunday morning from a fan in Indianapolis that was at the game and said, look, it was about 15% maybe of the crowd that was left at the end of that game. It's not indicative of how Indianapolis feels about Andrew Luck at all, and it's sad that the fans as a whole are going to get tarnished by this. It is. There have been two pretty bad fan situations this year. That one and the Raptors fans in Toronto boo or cheering as Kevin Durant went down with the ruptured Achilles. And that was just knee-jerk, oh, wow, we might actually win the championship now. And then they realized real quick that they were wrong. And I would say that most of these Colts fans probably feel remorseful about what they did as well. But yeah, there were some really bad takes about Andrew Luck, about how soft he is, about how weak he is. I had somebody write to me and say, does he really love the game? The answer is yes, but he actually said in his explanation that the joy of playing the sport that he loved was taken away from him during this four-year rehabilitation cycle that was just never going to end. We don't know what anyone's pain threshold is. And we also don't know exactly how hard this has been for him. We know that it's been one injury after another. But how do you handle all these things? Jeff Schwartz, who often co-hosts with me on Fox Sports Radio when we fill in on Clay Travis's show, tweeted out a couple of things that I want to read for you. He said, there were a couple of days during my second year of rehab where I'd walk into the facility and just tell them, I can't do it today. We just do some light stuff and I would be done for the day. I'd rehab my dislocated toe for 12 weeks, came back for one and a half games, and then fractured, dislocated my ankle. Then I spent December through June rehabbing, get to camp, do prehab and rehab every day, plus practice and play. Then I lost feeling in the foot for three games, injection, and then I broke my leg again. And he has talked about this in the past as well, that it's just, it's so debilitating. It's mentally fatiguing. Andrew Luck has... 100 million plus in the bank. I think this is probably affecting his relationships and just his well-being. He's in pain. They can't tell him what's wrong with his ankle slash calf. That's a very mysterious injury. He's gone through a bunch of other stuff. Remember, he got sacked 100 times in his first three seasons in the league because Ryan Grigson was so terrible at his job. When we come back, I'll tell you just how terrible Ryan Grigson was at his job. I was sad for Andrew Luck. I was sad for football because we lost a great. And then I was sad because it was time to find a way to pile on him. 
without knowing any of the facts, without knowing what was going on, without knowing how this information leaked the way that it did. Now you hear the Colts kind of knew it. They wanted to do something on Friday. Luck didn't know on Saturday when he's on the sidelines what's going on. That reeks of somebody in that organization wanting to make Andrew Luck's life a little bit difficult that night, but then they allowed him to keep all of his money, the signing bonus, and there are media people upset about that too that think that that's a gigantic story, and it's not. It just shows that luck meant something to that community. See what T.Y. Hilton tweeted out about how he's his best friend and that he's dedicating this whole season to his buddy and all of this. I just think you until you actually are on a sideline and watch a quarter of an NFL game or the highest level college football game that you can find. I was right there for two national championships in a row, basically on the field. And the violence would blow your mind. It's just like going to an NBA game. You don't know how fast they are until you're courtside. You can't see it right from the 300 level. But all of these amateur medical professionals diagnosing Andrew Luck and calling him a millennial and calling him all these things, it's just, it's not even this disrespectful, it's just uninformed and dumb. So when we come back, I'm going to talk about Ryan Grigson, who is to blame for this. If there is anyone to blame, it's Ryan Grigson. I'm going to tell you a story about Ryan Grigson, and then I'm going to tell you about what he did and did not do for that franchise. Chris Ballard might be the best GM in football, but it was too late to keep the prize possession in Andrew Luck. So what does that mean for the AFC South? All of that still to be addressed. Your thoughts on Andrew Luck? I'll take them as well. It's 615-737-1045 or on Twitter. At Jmart Zone. We'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us. I'm Jason Martin. On Twitter at Jmart Zone. 615-737-1045 is how you join us. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to making renting your home easy, fast, and worry-free. Renters Warehouse, you can't buy happiness, but you can rent it. Some breaking news. Aubrey Solomon will indeed be granted immediate eligibility by the NCAA. Five-star Michigan transfer becomes the second Wolverine that actually gets good news from the NCAA. There were six that have transferred from Michigan. Drew Singleton was allowed to play at Rutgers immediately, and he was the only one until Solomon. This is a gigantic piece of good news for Tennessee. No question about that. And so that's starting to hit Twitter and hit social media right now. This is what you hoped. This is the right decision. And they do get it right. And, of course, Joey Kent and I will address this on our first edition of the Tennessee Tailgate Show in advance of Vols, Georgia State, on Saturday. Looking forward to doing that show again this year with Joey. The 11th year of that show, second year I've been hosting it uh, as the main host instead of a fill-in for Jonathan Hutton, uh, which I had done for two or three years prior to that. And so we'll have plenty to talk about, no question about that. Huge information there. Austin Price and others. Aubrey Solomon granted immediate eligibility by the NCAA, and that's going to greatly bolster that young defensive line for the Vols as that dude is an absolute stud. But we were talking about Andrew Luck, 
and I wanted to talk about Ryan Grigson. When I was the executive producer of Outkick the Coverage, and this is just kind of how this happens. Like, you can go reach out and get interviews, and there are plenty of ways to do that. But also, sometimes you get approached to do interviews. And so there's a really good talent booker with Fox that contacted me and said, hey, Ryan Grigson's available to come onto the show. Coach GM. So he said, sure. Okay, cool. One, he didn't play ball at all. Clay doesn't do interviews the way others others do, and hopefully it's something that I have taken from him as well. Other things can be discussed. It doesn't all have to be business. So we asked about his hobbies and what movies he liked and things like that, and Grigson wouldn't answer. Like, just had no answers at all. Wouldn't play ball. And he was boring on top of it. We get off the air, we go to break. Clay's like, never again. Is what he told me. I said, yeah. I mean, this is why we basically turned down almost all these interviews because the dirty little secret about radio is a lot of interviews are done to cover for the fact that the hosts don't actually want to talk that much. And the other very obvious secret is about 95% of the coach interviews you get offered are terrible. About 90% of the player interviews that you get offered are terrible. A lot of them have products that they want to sell. And a lot of them just don't have very much to say. And they're not going to give you much until they retire. And then sometimes you can start to get information. So Grigson on the air was bad. But as a GM, he was utterly putrid. In 2011, he, he comes in and he takes that job. The Colts had just gone 2-14. and 14. This was the bridge before Andrew Luck. So in 2012, easy first pick, unless you're Skip Bayless, Andrew Luck the first pick. And then the Colts go 11-5, and five, and that's when Arians is in for Chuck Pagano. They did not get past the wild card, but they did make the playoffs. And Luck looked like the truth. And that first draft for Ryan Grigson looked at the time like this guy knew what he was doing. He takes Kobe Fleener and Dwayne Allen, who have basically become backup tight ends in the league. Didn't pan out. Vic Ballard. Huge injury problems throughout his career, but he did have over 800 yards, I believe it was, in his first season. But he looked like he might be an answer. And then, of course, they had luck, and they took T.Y. Hilton in the fourth-round pick, and obviously that was a good pick. But outside of T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Luck, not much from the other guys long-term. And the offensive line was not addressed. This is humbling to say the least and it's also malpractice of the highest order this from last word on profootball.com grigson inexplicably continued to ignore the offensive line issue as the former general manager only drafted three offensive linemen in the first six rounds during his tenure three folks they have a lamborghini in Andrew Luck. But they don't get him a garage. They don't do the detail work. They don't wax the thing. They don't even get it a unlimited car wash deal at one of those places. Nothing. They leave it outside in a hailstorm. And you wonder why that car is not worth it nearly as much six years later. They never addressed it. The guys that they did draft, Khaled Holmes, Jack Muhort, Hugh Thornton, 
None of them still with the team. None of them were any good. The ones they tried to get from free agency also weren't any good. And then finally, in 2016, their first-round pick, they take Ryan Kelly. Ryan Grigson finally gets it. He's like, oh, okay, well, let me go ahead and draft an offensive lineman. In the first three years of Andrew Luck's career, he was sacked 100 times and pressured three times more than that, like 300 sometimes probably. He got absolutely murdered. The injuries that he sustained are outrageous. It was already too late before Chris Ballard got there, way too late before Frank Wright got there, instituting an offense where the ball was out of Andrew Luck's hands quickly, and they had a fantastic draft. And they just had another fantastic draft. And it was still too late. Andrew Luck's out of the league. It is Ryan Grigson's fault that Andrew Luck's not playing football anymore. I know that that sounds insane. Ryan Grigson didn't play a down. He just didn't protect his asset. The best asset he would ever have. The best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. And Andrew Luck's athletic. Imagine if Peyton was behind that offensive line. I mean, Andrew Luck could move. Andrew Luck was a bit of an athlete. But he still is running for his life on every play, and he got just mauled, chewed up and spit out, and had an injury list that just is mind-boggling. That's why he's not playing football. He's got enough money in the bank to say, I'd rather go ahead and spend time with my family. And somehow we have come to a place in society where that is saddening. Where a guy that just wants to go home, he's got a child on the way, and he wants to just enjoy that part of his life, that that somehow is saddening. And it's something we should be somber about as it relates to him. I know he loves football. But that rehab stuff and not being able to stay and then not really knowing what's wrong and him not being 100%, the messaging, all of these things contributed to an Andrew Luck that just simply lost his smile. To take a pro wrestling analogy, Shawn Michaels lost his smile famously in 96, I think it was. Andrew Luck lost his smile. What he said about Jacoby Brissett was as genuine as you'll ever hear that he, he was envious of Jacoby Brissett and resentful of him when he came back into the building last year prior to the season because he saw a guy at his spot that was happy. Everybody is on a search for happiness. Kevin Durant, how many times have I laid this case out for you? He left Oklahoma City. Why? Because he wasn't happy and he thought winning championships would make him happy. So he went to Golden State. Then he found out they didn't love him in Golden State. It was Steph Curry's team. Everybody else was getting the pub he thought he deserved. So he wins multiple championships, and he's never been more miserable. So what does he do? He goes to Brooklyn with his best friend because he thinks being around his friends is going to make him happy. We'll see. Andrew Lux said famously in 2017 when he was asked, why are you coming back? Have you ever thought about hanging him up? That he wanted to throw passes to his friend. He's still thinking the same thing. And you look at T.Y. Hilton and what he said after the retirement – and you can see it right there. Now, the next question is, when does Andrew Luck come back? I know some people believe that. And then Rob Gronkowski's comments today might make you think that it's even more likely. When we come back, why Rob Gronkowski and Andrew Luck are not the same? Because they're not. I don't think Andrew Luck's coming back. I don't think he's going to regret this decision. And I don't think he cares about the chorus 
the small chorus of media that put their foot in their mouths trying to be heard this weekend as opposed to trying to actually get to the bottom of the situation and understand from an empathetic standpoint what this gentleman was actually going through because none of them did because they all wanted to hear the sound of their own voice. We'll be right back. Big Six, 104.5 The Zone. Zone. Welcome back to the Big Six here on 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin on Twitter at jmartzone. Glad to have you with us. So I'm having to talk about Andrew Luck today because unless you heard me Sunday morning, didn't get a chance to yesterday, of course. Talk about some other things as well, but Rob Gronkowski has done some interviews. He's doing this CBD deal. I think the question is now going to be when and not if CBD and marijuana are removed from the banned substances list in the NFL. I actually kind of am in favor of that changing. But Gronkowski also said, hey, you know, I didn't have a desire to play and I got to think about it a little bit longer. But if that desire comes back, I could see myself playing again. That will lead people to wonder the same about Andrew Luck. And some already said he'll be back. And Jim Irsay kind of left the door open for him and maybe handing him that money is also like a goodwill gesture of, okay, go get yourself right, come back in a couple years. Now, who knows whether or not if he came back in a few years, he'd be any good. But the reaction to Gronkowski retiring and Luck retiring, vastly different. Now, Luck did sign a six-year, $140 million extension. But the biggest difference in how these two things are being viewed probably comes down to the fact that Rob Gronkowski has something Andrew Luck does not. So you're not quitting on your team when you've already won championships. And Rob Gronkowski has won championships. Andrew Luck has not. I don't think it's because Andrew Luck hasn't been good enough. For a while, he wasn't surrounded with the talent. Last year, they were ahead of schedule. This year, I'm you know I'm still doing these division previews, even though I think we might be taking that off tonight. We might be doing a couple of them tomorrow to catch back up. And then Friday, Alan Bell is going to be with me for most of the show. We're just going to preview the season now that uh, the Titans preseason will have then been over and everything else. But... You look at Andrew Luck and you look at the Colts and you think they were going to get it done this year and he quit on them. That's the negative argument that some have made, that he quit on them, that he's selfish, that it's all about him. Well, first off, his health is all about him. Like, yeah, I understand that you bought season tickets and it's expensive to go to these games. First off, don't go to preseason games. I know that you have to, but still. But past that, in the regular season, you thought that you had a chance to be watching a Super Bowl contending team. And when I got to the end of the division previews, it was very possible I was going to say the Colts were going to represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. I wasn't sure about it yet, but by the time we got there, I could have seen it being true. With two great drafts in a row, the right money being spent, and luck coming back for a second year after what we saw from last year, it it made good sense. And then he goes away, and so Colts fans are sad. Like I said, I've got friends. I lived in Kentucky for a while. I went to Western Kentucky. So a lot of people that attended WKU came from the state of Indiana. So a lot of my friends, even in media, are from that state, and there are many of them that are Colts fans. So I saw their reactions afterwards. A lot of it was just sadness. Nobody was angry at Andrew Luck, at least not in my circle. 
they were saddened because they loved him and they thought that he was going to lead him to a Super Bowl, which may or may not have happened. You never know. There have been great players that haven't won Super Bowls. Phil Rivers never won a Super Bowl. Dan Marino never won a Super Bowl. There are guys that you thought would have been able to get it done that maybe didn't get it done. But I think that there would not be the same level of vitriol towards Andrew Luck from those opportunists that decided that they needed to talk about this had it not been for the fact that he hasn't won a title. So it's like it's unfinished, incomplete, and if you quit before you win a championship, then you must not love the sport. I think that's lazy, folks. I think there's a whole lot of lazy takes more than bad takes in sports and in everything else. It's real easy to go for the lowest hanging fruit that you can find, not do your research, especially if you're a provocateur. But if you actually step back and think about it, the Colts probably at least could foresee a world in which this could happen right back dating to the time where they wouldn't take a first-round pick for Jacoby Brissett. You remember when that story came out? That sounded insane, and I'm really bullish on Jacoby Brissett. I like him a lot. I think that they are better off than most teams would be in this situation. Now, it's still a downgrade because Andrew Luck was that good. When I did my list of six quarterbacks on this very program a couple of weeks ago, Andrew Luck was number three. And Jacoby Brissett is not number three, but I think you could start over some of the starting quarterbacks in this league right now. And if you want to know how the national chorus feels about your team, Tennessee, there are still arguments being made by prominent figures that the Colts will win the division anyway because of how weak it is outside. I would say before Lamar Miller and certainly before Andrew Luck, many thought that the AFC South might be the deepest division in football, one of the two at least. And now they're saying it might be the worst. Think about that for a second. The other thing that I tweeted out, which also raised vitriol, was that the Titans now have more pressure on them than they did before. Mariota has more pressure on him than he did before because now, without Andrew Luck there, that excuse is gone as it relates to winning the division. If the Colts won the division and you were competing for a wild card, that would be fine. But now... It's either you or the Texans or the Jaguars. The Jaguars don't not have enough skill talent. Deshaun Watson may get killed behind an offensive line that reminds you a lot of what the Colts had that shortened Andrew Luck's career. And the Titans, this is Mariota trying to get paid. This is all a scenario in which it is made for a triumph for Tennessee. All the tweets, oh, Andrew Luck's gone, finally. All of that stuff. That's pressure. That's expectation that didn't exist before that news was released. I talked to Rhett Bryan at Titans Radio last week just in the building, and we were discussing how wide open the AFC South is if Luck couldn't play for the first two or three games. Well, now he's not playing for any games, perhaps ever again. So now what? If you go out now and you go 8-8, eight and eight, or if you go 9-7 and seven this year, that's a failure if you're the Tennessee Titans. Because the division just opened right up for you. It might be easier to win the division than get a wild card. I know you might have to win as many games, but you're competing against better talent to get wild cards than you are just to win your division at this point. The Colts do have a lot of talent outside of the quarterback spot, and I like Brissett. 
But how many people are going to make the, oh, well, Jacoby Brissett's still there argument in favor of the Tennessee Titans if they don't get the job done? And I'm not saying they're not going to get the job done. I'm saying that now they know they have to because just as much, if not more, than anyone else, they should. Be right back. This is the Big Six on 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the Big Six here tonight on 104.5 The Zone. I am Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. We're brought to you by Renters Warehouse, dedicated to putting homeowners on the path to financial freedom through rent estate, renting your home without having to do the hard stuff. Renters Warehouse, the rent estate company. We'll get back to the division previews tomorrow. I'll double up on them to make up for tonight. A couple of other things that are happening as we'll turn the page on Andrew Luck. Antonio Brown, of all of the controversies we've seen Antonio Brown involved with this year, came out today and tweeted that Big Ben and him were never friends because Big Ben had mentioned the two of them that it ruined a friendship, what he said on his radio show in Pittsburgh, which is mind-boggling. I don't think friends when I think of Ben Roethlisberger too often, but it is utterly ridiculous that Antonio Brown felt the need to actually come out and say what he said. And the reason why he did it is real obvious because Antonio Brown can't stand not to be the center of attention. This was totally unnecessary. Back in 2016, AB tweeted out national friends day and it was four photos of him and Ben Roethlisberger together. But now that the helmet thing's sort of over, maybe he's going to sign a new deal with a helmet company. I don't know if anybody's ever signed a helmet endorsement before, but Antonio Brown might be the one doing it. Now that that's done, now that his feet aren't an issue, Antonio Brown has to find something else to do. And the only thing that makes any sense as to why he would say this at all and tell Big Ben to shut up using using the word friend is that Antonio Brown simply does not like it when people are not talking about him, including himself. And that's kind of sad. And the fact that he keeps on saying stuff like this means that Ben Roethlisberger is important to him because you don't talk about people this much or have this much vitriol towards somebody if they don't affect you in some way. It's going to be cool when Antonio Brown just starts playing football again. Nobody's judging him. I am judging this behavior as problematic. Last week, I asked the question, when does accumulation start to bother you? It's not like these incidents are gigantic, but there's a whole lot of them on top of one another. And we saw Conor McGregor last week show real contrition as it related to the incident back in April where he punched the elderly man who refused his whiskey in Ireland and said, look, I got this wrong. I want to move on from this, but I need to apologize here. And he seemed very, very mature in that moment. Now, certainly might be an optics thing. But this was a nice first step from Conor McGregor, who I had compared to Antonio Brown, although McGregor's incidents were worse than A.B.'s. Tonight, we got hard knocks. A.B.'s probably not going to be that big a focus. The helmet thing will be there. But the more intriguing thing that we're going to see tonight is how the NFL handles its own blemishes on that show. Because one of them has to be on display. They played in Winnipeg in that absolute mess that just debacle of a football game on Thursday where you took the goalposts out and left a hole there and you got people getting injured 
and you're playing on an 80-yard field like it's half-court basketball, how do they handle that? It's NFL films. That better be included, right? I know we've talked about it doesn't need to look like a propaganda arm or a publicity arm of the league, even though that's what it generally is. But here it's not like making a franchise look bad. This is actually on the league. It shows their greed. And that's a problem for the NFL because they have to show this. And hopefully they will be smart enough to do so. Even though they will still have AB and they'll still have a couple of other things certainly that they can get into. But the big story tonight has to be that field. And just a, it's going to be a bad reflection on the preseason, not that we didn't all see it for ourselves. It's not like we need the NFL to tell us this in documentary format tonight, but we still need it just to show that there's objectivity here or to prove the opposite. The other thing that's been making the rounds over the past 24 hours or so is Carly Lloyd saying the females could kick in the NFL. She kicked a 55-yarder. You may have seen that video, and people were like, oh, sign her up, sign her up. And so she said, look, if women were able to practice, there's no reason why they couldn't do this. You know what? Carly Lloyd is right. I'm not saying that they necessarily should or shouldn't. That's not really a debate to have. If somebody wants to sign one, that's fantastic. If somebody wants to sign a woman that is ready and willing and able to kick, then that's good. There are questions that some players have asked as to, well, what happens if it's a muff snap or a block kick or she has to go try to make a tackle, then what? Well, I guess those are situations you wouldn't know the answer to until they happened. My guess would be if she was kicking, she wouldn't just stand there. She would probably go and actually try to make the play. But this, just like the Andrew Luck thing, just like the Antonio Brown thing, just like the anything in 2019 led to some awful takes. Yes, men's and women's bodies are drastically different as it relates to speed and power and athleticism and things of that nature. I got into a bad argument a couple of years ago where I was wrong when I suggested that Serena being able to compete with a top 100 male player wasn't the most ludicrous thing I'd ever heard. And I, you know, I talked to, and some people said she couldn't beat a college player. And I said, oh, sure she could. And I played tennis in high school, but I was wrong. I didn't realize that the top college players in the country were pretty high-ranked players, and that Serena herself had said she probably could barely get a point, much less a game, unless it was an unforced error against them. As good as she is, there's just a difference in the sport. That's not saying anything negative whatsoever about women's tennis. It's just to show that there are differences. But in this case, there's not that much difference. I mean, Car- the problem, though, is Carly Lloyd is about as good at what she does as you can be. So it would take a special person. Now, I've seen high school girls actually kick in football games. And successfully as well. I've seen them in the playoffs. I've called games where it's happened. And the one thing that you try to avoid is making it into a story. Because you hope one day that something like that's just not even a story. But those that are just like, oh, it's just a chorus of people that are social justice warriors that want all this equality and all of this, I just don't think of it that deeply. I just think that what Carly Lloyd is saying was based on what she did, and she knows, yeah, my teammates on the U.S. women's national team could do this too. And she's probably right. Almost assuredly, she is right. There are a whole lot of guys that can't do this either. And I don't just mean me. I mean people that are paid to do it. They can't consistently do it. The one thing that I would never want to do in sports is be a place kicker not because of the skill involved, 
but because of the margin of error and the fact that nobody cares how good you are, they only care when you miss. And if you miss in a key moment, people are out for blood, it seems like. The level of sympathy that a kicker gets gets after a blown play is astonishing in its non-existence. It's a thankless job. They move the extra points back. The percentages drop a little bit. It becomes even harder. But Carly Lloyd is not wrong, nor is she trying to say anything political or whatever like that. She just went to a practice. She successfully made some kicks. Some jokes were made about how the the Bears should sign her immediately. And then people got up in arms. On both sides, it is okay for a story just to be like, huh, all right, that's cool, without you actually having to reach to one extreme or the other. You don't have to love what Carly Lloyd said, and you don't have to hate what Carly Lloyd said. It's okay just to sit in the middle and listen to what she said and say, okay, yeah, I can see how she feels that way, whether you agree with it or not. That, I think, is the exact reason all these Andrew Luck takes were so bad. At least some of them were so bad over the weekend. People feel like they have to be heard on the extremes, and that's all you see on social media for the most part. You don't see the nuance. You don't see the middle, and that's where most of us reside. It's why when I started having people reply to me about what I was saying about Andrew Luck, I eventually just put up that Thor Ragnarok gif of Korg that said, see you later, new Doug, and just said, I'll talk to you guys on Fox Sports Radio in four hours because I realized I was getting sucked into a conversation of anger and envy that was not helpful at all and pride and all that good stuff. And so I bailed on it. And I would say most of us probably should do that more often than we do. And so somebody tweets me and says, she did kick the field goal with six, four steps, not three, two. makes a big difference. Okay. I'm just saying it's possible that a woman could kick a field goal. That's not ludicrous at all. It's not something that should at all raise your eyebrows. It's also not worth arguing about and certainly not worth trying to degrade anybody about. Let's make you smarter on the way out the door. So Andrew Luck's career comes to an end. Of guys that played less than 100 games, no one ever threw for more yards. He did it in three seasons shorter than the number two guy on the list, Mark Bolger. He's also 84th career in passing yards. The 83 guys above him averaged 90 more games and just 11,000 more yards. Think of the statistics we have lost out on because of Ryan Grigson's mismanagement of the offensive line surrounding his Lamborghini at quarterback. Sadly, that's the end of Andrew Luck's career. Michaels and Mueller coming up. Mueller not here tonight, but Ned Michaels and Chris Sanders. Stick around. Clear eyes, full hearts, can't lose. God bless and good night.